0: I know. I know. Season 2 is over. But what is not over is creativity. And also, this really special code 20% off right this second at NathanMorrisMusic.com. Click any item and at checkout, type in NMM20. That is N as in Nathan, M as in Morris, M as in Music 20 for 20% off. Any shirt you purchase at NathanMorrisMusic.com, the official merch store, there is good stuff happening. You hold tight. I assure you to continue to meet you where you are, and please meet me where I am on all the socials, like buying you something and then taking a picture of it and tagging me on Insta at Nathan Morris or saying something to me at Nathan Morris Music on TikTok and all the other fun places. January 20th, a new single releases, a new record in the works, soon to have a release date for that too. And then hold tight because season three is just around the river bend. You're loved far more than you could ever know. Thank you for all that you bring to this life because you are worthy. Head over to the store right now and grab you some swag. Code NMM20. Trying contains sensitive subject matter and conversations surrounding death and dying and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is respectfully advised. Tryers. Season 2, episode 142 of You'll Die Trying, a show which pulls back the curtain and takes down the walls brick by brick and exposes the true hearts of those who are caring for those you love most and Pulling back the curtain is what we do, and let's have a nice little history lesson with Todd Hera. Before we do that, it's imperative for you to know you can right this second text me, 270 456 4028. Say, hey, what's up? I love the podcast. I hate the podcast. Whatever you'd like. As long as it's in Constructively criticizing If you're going to do that In love I'm perfectly fine with that 270-456-4028 And of course visit NathanMorrisMusic.com Right this very second We've opened up a few more VIP tickets for the August 6th show At Glasgow, Kentucky What is going to uh, be available At the VIP ticket level? Well, a private meet and greet Private tour by yours truly If you follow me on TikTok At NathanMorrisMusic You are absolutely aware a couple months ago people said hey i want a tour and i said a few months later okay here you go so august 6th show tickets all kinds of stuff go on over right this very second NathanMorseMusic.com. music.com get you a ticket get your tickets please and as always this episode of ydt is sponsored by btf big turkey foot coffee makers of delicious brown brew Head over to the shop, nathamorismusic.com forward slash shop. Grab you a bag, grab some of that swag. Net proceeds of every sale, of course, as always, benefit the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. We have all been affected by suicide in our lives. And that is what this show, August the 6th, is essentially promoting, not only that we are going to give such proceeds To benefit a great cause because we've all been affected by mental health these last few years. It's been heavy on our hearts. We've had a pandemic. We've had so many losses. And there are people literally at the lifeline answering 2.4 million calls annually so that people like you know that they are worthy, valued, and deserving of being cared for. And also be mindful of those who are struggling right this very second. This show, August 6th, The whole purpose of it is because we want to give back to a community that has given us so much, and that is trust. They trusted us to take care of them. And what about all of those who are traveling for this show? NathanMorrisMusic.com to get your tickets, but also head there right this second and write the name of a loved one who you wish for us to honor and celebrate along with uploading their photograph at NathanMorrisMusic.com. We're going to honor them and recognize them during the show at the Plaza Theater, August 6th, 7 p.m. in Glasgow, Kentucky. You can get your tickets at NathanMorrisMusic.com. You can also upload a photograph, as well as the name of those whom you love, whom you have lost, but who you definitely have never forgotten. And we want to make sure we honor them at this show by showcasing their image, showcasing their name, and recognizing them in a very special portion of this event. Get your tickets right now, Nathan Morris, music.com. As always, EFF, Express Funeral Funding, working tirelessly on the back end, making sure that they're assigning proceeds from insurance assignments to fund these funerals. So on the front end, funeral directors, families can gather, celebrate, grieve, create a lasting, memorable tribute for someone whom they absolutely love and someone so deserving of being celebrated without that looming balance due, that dreadful balance due hanging over their heads. Again, EFF working on the back end with these insurance companies. So on the front end, the most important end, we can gather grief, celebrate someone so important. Visit expressfuneralfunding.com right this very second and learn about the family pay option. It's legit, literally is what it is. It's family pay, it's advancing funds so that you can buy a tie, buy a suit, get a flight, helping these families so that they don't have so much pressure. It's family pay. It's real. ExpressFuneralFunding.com. Head on over to NathanMorrisMusic.com because we have just released some incredible new swag. All thanks to Printify. Yep. Printify. Have you ever thought about becoming your own boss? Or maybe you've always wanted to run a business. Printify is the answer for you. It is an on-demand print platform. It lets you create your own custom printed products and sell them right online. Clothing, accessories, home, living decor, Nathan Morris, t-shirts, whatever you like. There are more than 650 items to pick from in the Printify catalog so you can realize all of your wildest design ideas. And here's how it works. It is very easy. You pick a product. Use their mock-up generator to add your custom design and after that, you simply publish the product online and you set your own profit margins. It's not that hard. Connect your new, unique products to Etsy and Shopify and Squarespace and Wix or any e-commerce site or platform and boom, you are selling to the world. It is literally that simple and the best part is this, you don't pay Printify a penny until a product is ordered. Every order is printed on demand. Like, you're not out money until a product is sold. You do not need to make any upfront investment. As you start to create buzz, Printify does all the heavy lifting for you. Once someone makes a purchase, Printify makes sure that the products are printed and shipped to your customer's doorstep. Even providing a tracking number, it is legit and you look like you got it together. There is no need to keep stock lying around at home in a closet on a table, and you get to take on the profit margins as you've said. So learn more right this second at printify.com forward slash die trying. If you go to printify.com forward slash die trying this very moment and sign up, you get a free month of premium. It gives you all the benefits and all the perks and all the upgrades of the account. Printify.com forward slash die trying. Start this side hustle and you watch it grow into a business empire. printify.com forward slash die trying for one free month of premium. I think it's really important to answer the why. Why? Why do we do something? People say what they do, how they do it, why they do it, but when you flip it, when you flip the script and answer why you do something, you're literally creating a movement. For the longest time, We haven't been able to really share that. And I get this opportunity, I love it, to have Todd Hera on the show. Todd is an author. He is a fellow funeral director. And for the longest time, it's been, "shh, hush, hush." what do you do when the door closes and locks behind you? Well, we get to talk about this latest book, Last Rites, releasing August 2nd, which you can actually pre-order right this very second, wherever it is you buy your reading content. Me, personally, go to Amazon.com, search Last Writes, R-I-T-E-S, by Todd Hera. Pre-order that book. You're promoting and supporting an author and his works and his creative, and you're supporting a profession whom I love so very, very much. It's fun to dive in. And we get to do that with Todd. Thank you very much for joining us today, Todd. I appreciate it so much, man. Um, I know time is <laughs> not a replenishable resource, and as a funeral director, you don't have much extra, so thanks for making it for us.
1: Well, glad to be here. Glad to be on your podcast as well.
0: Well, it's something that I was reflecting upon today, even as I had my MacBook open, I was reading, and I reread even the first chapter, and you have, in Last Rights, you have this really cool, way of pushing the story. And I love the way in which you place words together. But before we dive into this book, it's it's amazing because this isn't your first. That's correct.
1: Correct. This is my fifth. Okay.
0: <laughs> and and of course, you are a, you're a funeral director. I saw, as I was reading through these pages, that your history in the family runs very deep. Actually, there's a long history and lineage. So, I want to ask where did that actually start?
1: So I mentioned this in the introduction of the book that my great, great, great grandfather, James White, was a cabinet maker in Milford, Delaware. And as such, being the cabinet maker for the town, when somebody died, they would come to him to make a custom made coffin. Uh, And and this is quite frequent for for people in the mid 19th century who had a trade that lended itself to undertaking such as cabinet makers, carpenters, joiners, upholsters, chandlers, you know, all these kind of Guys, and they were all men back then who had these trades that lent themselves to some small piece of the funeral rite, and the townspeople would call on them. And uh, his son, James's son Isaac, then took the business after the Civil War, added in bombing to his repertoire, and uh, really kind of grew himself a nice business uh, down in Sussex County at that time.
0: And then you, when you become a teenager, I'm just trying to fill in these gaps in my brain and what it looks like. I mean, do you have your father? Do you have your grandfather? Are they doing this as well?
1: So I work for my uncle. Um, there, was, there was a couple uh, breaks in the generations. Isaac had uh, one child, and she was a daughter. And um, he would not let her go into the business. He told her, this, this business is for men only. And of course, now in 2022, it's laughable. That somebody would even say that. um, Because I don't know about your graduating mortuary class, but mine was well over 50% women. And I think it's even approaching 75% women in most graduating mortuary classes. You know, Women are going to be the future of uh, this profession. So I, I think that's uh, definitely ironic in some sense. So uh, the business kind of uh, fell out of the family for a couple generations. And then my uncle picked it back up. Now, the original family business still exists down in Sussex County. Uh, it's traded hands. It's changed names, uh, I want to say four times at this point, but it still exists. Um, And my uncle, he bought an existing family business up here in Wilmington, which is the northern county in Delaware. Uh, So once again, uh, we are running a family owned operated uh, business with a small gap in the generation.
0: Still, the story is great, and it's there, and that's what we celebrate, you know? Good, uh, difficult, mundane even. I I did a previous episode where it's like, we celebrate the mundane. Like, my late grandfather taught me at 12 how to tie a double Windsor, which he's tied a double Windsor forever and ever, and it was probably this boring task to him, just as tying my shoes it would be to me, but it's something that I still utilize today. I love the mundane, and I picture you... You know, you being in this profession, obviously, it takes a incredibly supportive individual. You have how many children? I have two, two children, and two children. and you're married.
1: Yeah. So yeah.
0: they are in it with you, in the thick of it, right? Uh, what is in your eyes? I love hearing this from a fellow funeral director and and a husband. What is it in your eyes that helps make it work? Because you're also a creative. You know, you're not, and I'm not trying to say this like just a, because I don't know how else to word it right now, but you're not just a funeral director who's tending to the deceased and the bereaved. You are a creative individual. So you have to be creative, right? So I just am curious what your all's way of uh, living life and the dance while we dance with the grieving looks like.
1: It's, you know, it's, it's a lifestyle, uh, what you and I live, uh, especially with families. Now, Uh, I'd imagine that that would be hard for maybe a relationship where, you know, husband and wife with kids and then husband or wife goes into our profession of funeral service. That might be a shock to the system. Uh, But I was doing this since before my wife and I even started dating. And in fact, our first date, I was called away from the restaurant on a death call. So, you know, my wife was was. Very in tune to what I do from, from the get go. And, you know, we just kind of built our lives around, um, you know, the, the being on call, the late nights, the, the call outs at night, the weekends, the holidays. Um, and, you know, fortunately at our funeral home, we have a large enough staff that there is, you know, we are able to plan some things, you know, go on vacations, which I don't know how these one man and one woman shows do it, you know, that are on call, you know, 365, 24 seven world without end. Uh, but it, it is definitely a lifestyle. And my kids, you know, we're, we're born into dad doing this. They they don't know any different. You know, it's it's very natural for them to. You know, if I got to run into work in the evening or something, to come along with me and just hang out in in the funeral home, um, which I I hope their uh, you know proximity to to being around what I do, you know, will, will make them you know give them a very healthy outlook on death, dying, grief, and uh, bereavement. Uh, Because, you know, I feel here in America, you know, death is something we don't talk about enough. It's something we ignore. Um, And, you know, I I hear this and, and, you know, people say, oh, you know, get over it or, you know, it's time for you to stop grieving and move on. You you know, you know, as well as I do, when you have a loss like that, you never really move on. You just kind of reorganize your life and learn to live without that person you've lost. Uh, so, So I hope uh, you know, my kids being in proximity to this, you know, are, are picking up on this and uh, do have a good outlook on, uh, you know, death, dying, and all that. Now, as as far as being a, a creative person, uh, again, that's you know something I have to fit in with between work, full time job, and family. Um, so, you know, my routine is when I put the kids to bed. Uh, typically it's around eight o'clock. They're younger kids. Um, you know, I'll sit down and write for an hour or however long you know I can manage. Some nights it's two hours. Uh, some nights I'm falling asleep at my desk by 8 thirty. <laughs> uh, but you know the key to to anything is 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 repetition. It's almost like a fitness routine. you know you you get in that groove. So you know every night, even if I only tap out twenty five words, you know I've still kept it up. And they might be garbage and I might delete them the next night, but the key is consistency.
0: I think that's a beautiful that's beautiful for anything really in life. And I actually want to I wanna dive back to that moment when you're like, I wanna write. You know, of course it's in your it's in your veins this mm-hmm. this desire to serve in the funeral profession when I mean, you go back my gosh, many greats. And then here you are, also this this desire to tell a story. Where does that stem from?
1: It's I think the best way to describe it is it's an impulse I've always had. It's just something, you know, I've always felt like I've had to do. Um, you know, I was the one that was entering writing contests in in college. And, you know, it's just something I've always done. And, um, you know, when the opportunity presented itself back in 2010, well, that's when the book came out. But uh, the first book I put out was called Mortuary Confidential. And a funeral director from Long Beach, his name's Ken McKenzie, uh, came to me with this idea. And he you know, basically said, you know, hey, I hear you like to write. You know, I've got these 50 stories uh, from I collected from funeral directors across the country um, and I'd, I'd like to do a book to, you know, the money would support his uh, charity. has got a breast cancer foundation. And, uh, you know, I took a look at the project. And I said, this is this is a phenomenal idea. I mean, it was it was so um, unique at the time because the only really funeral book that was out at the time was Thomas Lynch's book, The Undertaking, which came out in 1997. Uh, but there were really no other funeral books out at that time. You know, Caleb Wilde, Caitlin uh, doty they hadn't put their books out yet. So we were, you know, one of the first um, and that, you know, that book, um, you know, had some success. You know, we sold some copies, um, but, you know, also uh, kind of, I, I guess, you um, gave me the itch, uh, even more. Um, and, you know, we followed that up four years later with over our dead bodies. Um, so, you know, kind of my, uh, I guess, foot in the door in in publishing was, uh, through this idea by Ken McKenzie.
0: Wow. Have you ever experienced, you know, this profession is centuries old. This is an untouched unchanged in many ways, in many beautiful ways and honorable ways but you're changing by doing this. You're changing and telling these stories. You're changing in, you know, pulling back what I say, pulling back the curtain, right? Has there been any pushback? Has there been any pushback in uh, in any stretch of the amount, you know, in any way where people are like, eh, I don't like that you did this, Todd? Not
1: with this book, Last rites. no. Um, and you know what? And who knows, maybe the, once the book comes out um, and, and, you know, people start reading it, you know, there might be some pushback. But, you know, my sense, Nathan, is that um, if if we're not telling the story, and I say we, meaning the funeral professionals, that means that people outside of our profession are telling our story. And they're not the people to be telling the story. It should be coming from inside. We should be telling our own story. And You know, the beauty of this book is it's looking at the historic precedents as to the why of our current funeral rituals. And I don't know, people can be a little funny, so it wouldn't surprise me if I got some pushback. But I don't know why anyone in their right mind wouldn't want you know, what we do explained better to the public, because I think that's one of the biggest stumbling blocks we have in the profession is people just don't understand what we're doing. You know, they think we're there trying to sell them something. And if you read this book, it'll become very clear very quickly that, um, you know, these rituals have been around long before The American funeral director, Uh, the American funeral director as a profession didn't really come about until after the Civil War. Yeah, there was bits and pieces, but they kind of coalesced. So the the profession's only about 150 years old. And, um, you know, We are just, the modern professional is really taking all these old rituals and, you know, putting them together for for the family so they can have a, um, you know, a satisfied and dignified send-off for their loved one.
0: You said, we aren't, we are not here to sell something. And actually, it's really beautiful in your book, Last Rites, and I keep going back because I have this, I have this immense love for history, uh, civil war. World War One, World War Two, and specifically Abraham Lincoln's death, and that's when you really see this profession rally the troops so quickly in order to prepare his body, prepare his body for uh, being in state and reposing here, and then reposing there, and taking him all over back to his place of. Final rest, right? And all the things that had to have been carried out to coordinate that. And I think that that's where people are like, oh, well, you want this item and this item, it's going to cost this much. So that's where they think they gather this selling, where in Mm -hmm. all reality, it's, you know, uh, President Abraham Lincoln. People didn't even know that Willie was on the. I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I did not know that. And I'll I'll let you know. I'll let the readers find that out themselves. But it's it's beautiful. I did not know that. But the point is, is it's uh, amazing that if if people really see and think about what all we do to make things happen to celebrate you, it's a beautiful beautiful profession. I I love it, and I love I love how you are answering the why. Mm-hmm. A lot of people. Mm-hmm. They do what they do, how they do it, and then why they do it. If you reverse that, literally, answering why creates the movement. And do you ever wake up in the morning and know that, hey, my discipline in writing, whether it be 25 words or for two hours straight, is genuinely creating a movement? Do you ever think about that?
1: Honestly, no. <laughs> no. But um. but it,
0: it's it's true. To, I mean, it's, it's true. I think it's... Um, creative people and they don't necessarily think about that because your job is literally to, to tell a story because it's important to you. But to know that when people read these pages in last rites and, and see that, wow, this is a beautiful, beautiful, holy profession. And I did not know that. I did not know this. You are literally passing this torch and opportunity for others to, to be a part of it
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or be educated. And- it, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, just to, to, to backstep just one backstep, um, you know, just a full transparency for your listeners. Um, yes, when you go to a funeral home, uh, it is transactional. Um, you, you know, you and I. We love what we do, but we're not doing it for free. Uh, we're not doing it out of the goodness of our hearts. Um, so, so there is a transaction. But, you know, if you go to your doctor and get a procedure done or go to your accountant, you, you, you know, no one's doing anything for free. There are very few people are in this society. So, yes, there is a cost associated with funeral service. Um, but when I say we're not here to sell you anything, I mean it from, you know, I, I could care less if you pick this casket or, or that casket, you know, at, at the end of the day, I just want you to be, and I mean the, the family, the the customer to be, you know, satisfied and in, you know, the send off we give their loved one. And, you know, I, I know you feel the same way, or I'm sure you do.
0: Absolutely. I think it's, I think it's important. I, I think it's important to put your two feet on the floor and be, Excited and hopeful about an impact that you can possibly have, and yes, I, I agree. There is a transaction involved, but selling. When I think of selling, it's like, would you like this good, or would you like this much better thing? That's yeah, I'm right, I'm right, absolutely. Right, yeah. So, are you? Yeah. Uh, I always like to think about writers and how they think. Are you perpetually, you know, when you were thinking about this book, how did it go from in here to on paper to then now be? this tangible product that people are able to
1: flip their thumbs through. So I had this idea kind of rattling around in my head and I kept pushing it down because I, I had the instinctual sense that it would be a ton of work. And um, it, things kind of coalesced for me uh, when I picked up this book by David Ishinsky called Bellevue. Three Centuries of Medicine and Mayhem. And at at McAllister, we had done our uh, embalming labs at Bellevue, kind of why I picked the book up. But, you know, I was like, gosh, how how interesting could a book about a hospital honestly be? But I read it because of my connection with with Bellevue. And really, it's probably one of the best books I've ever read. Uh, Ashinsky made, you know, just kind of the story of how Modern medicine came to be just leap off the page. And when I was done reading that book, I thought to myself, I thought, you know, nobody's done this for funeral service. Sure. We've we've read the textbooks um, for mortuary school uh, and there's there's books out there talking about the profession, but there's never been a book. Talking about the, the the why, the the historical precedent for what we're doing today, that was written for the layperson. Okay, any book that's out there that's about funeral history, uh, unless you're a funeral nerd like me, you know, kind of makes you go cross-eyed, right? So I wanted to to write something that that anyone, my mom, who who is not in the profession, could sit down and enjoy a book and learn something. And even a, a funeral professional who knows something about, you know, what we do could maybe even pick up a few little things here and there. Um, so, I wrote the first three chapters uh, that the previous books I had written on spec, meaning, you know, I wrote the book, then sold it, but I said, this is way too much work to do all this research and then hope I can sell this book. So, I wrote the three chapters enough to put together a book proposal and uh, my agent was able to, to sell the project and I inked the deal exactly one week before the pandemic. And I had these grand designs. I was going to go to the National Archives. I was going to go to the Howard Raether Library out at NFDA, all that stuff closed down world without end. So. Um, I had to get creative in uh, finding sources to write this because I had a deadline. All of a sudden, you know, I went from "Ah, I've got three chapters and then it's like you have to deliver this manuscript by this date. Uh, So I I was able to, uh, you know, dig up enough sources, pun intended, uh, to (laughs) to get the manuscript put together and uh, submitted that uh, last the end of last April. So April 21. So I had about uh, what? uh 14 months to write the book um and you, you know i think one thing that that people that aren't familiar with the writing and publishing uh industry uh don't realize how long a book stays in post production so from the time i turn the manuscript in till the time the book hits the shelves that's 15 months right um, so that's kind of the, the story of, uh, last rights. I, I think I started writing the first chapter, the Lincoln chapter, uh, in the fall of 2018. So, you know, it'll be almost a four-year journey for me.
0: Well, you did, you get deadlines, you know, and so what you do as a funeral director It's like, Hey, you've got two days to plan this out. So, uh, you've got to deliver this manuscript, uh, by, by this time. That's right. Hey man, that's, that's yeah. awesome. If, if you, um, if your wildest dream, like what is your goal? What is your goal with this book? Because you hit a you hit a very good point for me. It's it is written for the non funeral director. I I saw that very quickly. But what is your? Do you set yourself a goal, and what is it? If if you could uh, say,
1: you know, at this point in in my writing career, and I'm going to put quotes around it because I'm certainly not a professional writer, um, but, you know, I I go into Barnes and Noble and you look at all these books and it's, you know, you see, you know, USA Today bestseller, New York Times bestseller, Um, you you know, for, for me, it would be a cheap thrill to be able to say, you know, like I've hit one of those marks. Um, you know, enough people cared about what story I had to tell that, you know, I kind of, uh, you know, hit this mark. And it's not about, you know, like adding, being able to add something to my my bio. It's just that uh, to be able to think that, wow, enough people walked into a bookstore and said, you know, I cared enough to, you know, pay the $25 to, you know, find out about the story you had to tell. Like that's, that's really what I'm doing it for is to, to educate people. And, you know, it just really thrills me when people, you know, care enough about, you know, the story of, of, uh, the funeral profession.
0: You are doing something great for the profession and, and offering a, a means for people to become more educated. I always have felt that there's not enough content that is meaningful content, not as a judgment or, or an opinion per se. I'm saying simply, there's not enough books. Before you and Caleb and and the others, there was that one, uh, 97, and uh, The Undertaking. And I think it's great that you're offering you're offering people an opportunity to get it, get into us a little bit, into our hearts. And speaking to that, you know, the day is, the release day is for Last rights. When can they purchase it? Where can they purchase it?
1: So August 2nd will be available in your favorite bookstore, also online. But uh, if, if this podcast happens to drop before then, uh, certainly go ahead and pre-order the book because believe it or not, book buyers, they stock their shelves based on pre-order data. Um, so that's a, Probably something most readers don't realize, but uh the, the book buyers, they're out there and they watch these things. And if they see something has momentum, they're gonna order more copies for their store. So definitely pre-order or if the book's out, please order a copy.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Todd Harris book, Last Rights releases. August 2nd, wherever you get your books. Pre-order it now, go to Amazon, check it out because when you pre-order right this second, you're going to get more more books on the shelves and you're promoting and pushing forth uh, the next generation of funeral professionals. Todd, I appreciate you joining us today. I'm really excited. I am grateful. I love this book. I love how it reads. I'm proud of the profession. I'm more proud of the profession because I've always said, you don't know where you're going if you don't know where you've been. This book, Definitely tells you where our people have come before us. And I'm excited. And I'm excited to be in your presence, Todd, very much. Thank you very much.
1: And thank you for having me on, Nathan. Before uh, I hop off, uh, could we do a giveaway for your listeners? I was going to have you pick two numbers between uh, 1 and 20. And then those listeners that email me at todd at uh, I will send that, I will mail them a hat. Uh, I'll eat the, the shipping. This one right here, the uh, colonial memento morai skull uh, sitting in front of two cross trocars. It says Last Rights."
0: Giveaway time. Again, thanks to Todd for his time. Going to give a little giveaway. There are some awesome hats and merch available for Last Rights. The eighth and 18th person. Yep, if you are the 8th and 18th person to email Todd with the subject, you'll die trying podcast to Todd, T-O-D-D at h a r r a dot com, He's going to send you a last rights hat. It's pretty amazing for free, for free. Right this very second, if you are the 8th and 18th person to email Todd at ToddHara.com with the subject, you'll die trying podcast. You get a hat, get some swag. Who doesn't love free? It's pretty awesome. Thanks, Todd, for that. At the end of the day, you can't trust technology. You can't trust much of anything, but you can trust a piece of paper and a pencil and your thoughts, placing them on a piece of paper as you write. And the lead creates letters which form words, which then form sentences. Those sentences then get consumed by us, and we can become more knowledgeable, more educated, and be more passionate about something. And thank you to Todd for joining us and sharing his passion for a profession we both love. But not only that, the history of it. If you heard, his goes back like four grades. It doesn't matter how far it goes back. If you're one year in, or if you're six years in, know this, you are doing something worthy and honorable. And it takes incredible people like yourself to serve incredible people. That'll do it for this episode of You'll Die Trying, season two, episode 142. It's in the bag. What's not in the bag is the fact that we have a few VIP tickets left. NathanMorrisMusic.com. Get you some of that now. Thank mm-hmm. you.